Welcome to Where I Belong, a 12-part audio series, a collection of poems and stories by writers in UNESCO cities Nottingham and Baghdad. Hydra awoke in her patchwork duvet eight foot taller than the day before. Crowded in the bathroom mirror, most of her head still had brown hair, but the three new growths were closer to blonde. She counted 48 toothbrushes, five spare, and set about squeezing lines of toothpaste. For breakfast, she halved six goats and spread egg and pate over brioche buns. The newspaper touted the usual, soaring fuel costs, crashing economy, crosswords. Might we ever know serenity? she thought, as the rest of her heads turned and watched her fold up the paper and place it by the bread. In the bus queue, Hydra looped her tie around her necks, pulled her heads in close like balloons and prepared for the folding door. One to town, please. Uh, sure, said the bus driver, unsure if one body, 48 heads, really did count as one to town. For Hydra, today was a big day. Today was the day she'd receive her probationary review. On the way up to the office, she saw Jane taking the tea orders desk to desk and hurried to make it in time. With a clatter of plastic wheelie chair and knees knocked on wood, it was clear she'd arrived, but Jane skipped her desk anyway and headed straight for the kitchen. Hydra thought today might be different because they knew of her big review. She's used to people being disappointing, but today it's stung. Oh, smile, Hydra, it might never happen. Dave spat across the desk divider, and with one grand burp, 12 rogue Hydra heads scorched his quiff clean off. No, begged Hydra, as she snagged the heads by the throats and stuffed them under her seat, but it was too late. Dave had a bold runway where his parting used to be. Determined not to let this scupper her review, she ran straight for the boss's office. But Jane, who never made it back with the teas at all, had seen the whole thing and beat her to it. You better come in, Hydra, said the eternally unimpressed boss. Hydra spent the bus journey home reading her dismissal letter, paying particular attention to all the reasons she wasn't fit for the role. Heads not polite enough, heads talk too much in meetings, inappropriate makeup for work, some heads emotionally unstable, others try too hard, heads unable to work as a team, heads unable to leave home life at home, heads easily distracted. And so it went on. At home, Hydra ate and slept, ate and slept, which went on for three months. Since setting fire to Dave's hair, she'd been sacked as a taxi driver because the owner said women can't park and the heads were distracting. And sacked from her job in the bank because most women struggle with basic math and the heads meant extra security checks and even sacked from her supervisory role because, they said, women just can't lead and people don't know which head to answer to. Now, there was no more goat to eat. Each head had to settle for one measly rat caught from the alley and rent was in arrears. 
Because Hydra couldn't have a thought without the other heads hearing it, she'd spend dinners distracting herself by candlelight, pushing aside the creeping idea that it might be time to get the heads dealt with. With every mouthful, she'd force herself to think of anything but the local butcher and the glint of his knives. She was also quite certain that the extra heads she'd grown over the years were the direct result of accidents that had chopped off the stragglers. The head caught in the car door. The head that didn't make the lift in time. Yes, the head that didn't duck for the bridge. No, chopping heads wouldn't do it. It was one of those desperate candlelit nights where dancing in the flickering flame of a tea light came Ishtar, goddess of beauty. Ishtar, a goddess so courageous, so confident in her own unique being, that Hydra was struck with an all-knowing sense of herself and knew exactly what to do. As morning came, Hydra washed each individual face slowly, gently flossed her hundreds of teeth and plaited the hair on all of her heads. In the bedroom, Hydra pulled out her ties and instead of picking her favourite and looping it around her necks, she laid out every tie she'd ever owned. Choose, she said, gesturing toward the pile. In the mirror, she noted they'd never looked better, each head wearing its own tie, each head proud of its own choice. On the bus into town, she bought 48 tickets. On the walk to her interview, she bought 48 coffees. And by the time she'd sold herself to the call centre boss, her heads had already perfected their best. Hello, head speaking, how can I help? Hydra never spent dinners dreaming of the butcher ever again. Instead, she pictured her landlord's face as she handed over 48 months of rent up front and ate desserts at the roof of her open-top car. Georgina Wilding's Hydra is read by the poet, was sound designed by Adam McCready. It was produced by New Perspectives Theatre Company, supported by the British Council Digital Collaboration Fund and Arts Council England. <laughs>